What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Who That Dish podcast, a podcast dedicated to all fans. Now the eight and two New Orleans Saints, as part of fan side, as always, we're your lovely hosts, and I'm Tyler Raymond. And I'm also your host, Dayton Brown. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode here on the podcast. Every week begins so much brighter with the Saints victory, and we're super excited to talk about that today. But first, I have to introduce our guest to the show today. He's fantastic. He's from the Defeat the Curse podcast. It's a Washington, D.C. sports-based podcast. Uh, It was fantastic. We were on it last week. Always great stuff, and we had a blast talking to Joe Azer, who I'm introducing right now, and and some of his other guys. Joe, welcome to the show. Uh, Unfortunately, you were on the losing side of things yesterday, but uh, how are you other than that, man? (laughs) Oh, I mean, I'm great. The skins (laughs) do what the skins do, and we can't close out teams, and another L for uh, my beloved Redskins, and yeah, it's uh, it's a misery Monday here in D.C. Uh, no one's really that thrilled. And, um, you know, the questions continue to mount for this team, for this coaching staff. And, you know, it's uh, it was a, this was a tough one, a really, really yeah. tough one. Minnesota was tough last week. This was even hard. This one was even worse. Yeah, uh, you guys hit it. That you guys hit the hammer on the head last week when you said if this game turns into a shootout. Uh, you, you guys weren't confident in the Redskins' choices or in the Redskins' chances of winning the game, and uh, ended up turning just into a shootout, which it, it shouldn't have been. You got you guys were up by 15 points uh, with you know five minutes left in the game, but uh, uh, you, like, like I said, you guys were right on with it. Unfortunately, on your end, but yeah, the Saints are now eight and two. Uh, Redskins are now four and six, and and, uh, and both teams are in tough division, so it's gonna be interesting to see where they go from there. Uh, we'll get to that soon. Uh, but Joe is also simulcasting on Facebook Live right now. So, guys, be sure Facebook. to go to um, uh, Defeating the Curse on Facebook and go like their page. Uh, also, go to Podbean, uh, which which you guys are on for your podcast, and follow them on Twitter at uh, Defeat the Curse. So, yeah, Joe, great to have you on the show today, man. Um, how long have you guys been doing your podcast over there? Well, officially, officially, it's been a little over a year. Unofficially, I, I grew up with LPFP and Stevie, the other uh, the other three guys that that we are the foursome that behind DTC. I mean, we've been we're lifelong friends. Uh, we've at different times held uh, season tickets to various DC sports teams here, so we've known each other essentially since we were like five or six years old. So we've been talking sports for a long, long time. But you know, officially, the podcast started about a year ago. And it's uh, it's growing. I mean, week over week, which is awesome. I mean, somebody seems to care about what we have to say <laughs> as fans. <laughs> you know, we're not uh, we're not necessarily the closest. We don't have all the access, but we give our very real DC sports fan take. I mean, when we yeah. sat around to come up with a name, defeat the curse was the perfect name for DC, uh, especially on the heels of Cleveland getting their championship a couple years back. So that's where the name generate. You know, that that's the genesis or the story behind the name defeat the curse. And, uh, you know, you, you saw it firsthand yesterday. That yep. is the D.C. Uh, 13 points, 15 points, whatever. It doesn't matter. Only the Skins find a way to lose that game yesterday. I, you know, uh, we, we immediately after the game were like, if the Browns had a 10-point, 12-point lead with the ball in three minutes, could they hold out? That's exact, like that's where we automatically go. The yeah. worst team in the league could do it. Skins couldn't do it yesterday. And this is not a new story. This is an old story. But, again, it's so painful when – to me, they they outplayed the Saints. They just did, but they couldn't close them out, and it's it's just it's brutal. It's it just makes you it makes you hate sports. And I, I tweeted that at you guys. I, I hate football. Like it, this is this is the kind of game that drives me nuts. I, absolutely nuts. Yeah, and it definitely does. You know, it's funny. Um, uh, I, a lot of Saints fans were talking about this on you know Twitter and stuff. 
if the roles were reversed, and I think if the Saints were in that situation, I think at least years prior, I think we would be in the same situation. We would ultimately end up losing that game. So we can relate to because trust me, we've had those games where it seems like you just can never put up enough points, you know, especially with Drew Brees. But um, okay, so next one I've got for you is going to be what inspired you guys to make the podcast. Obviously, you guys all, as you said, you know, knew football uh, for so long. But what inspired you guys to finally like uh, take that final push and uh, create defeating the curse? You know, that, that's a really good question, and you'd think by now we'd have an answer for that question because it gets asked of us all the time. Yeah. But it, re- it really wasn't born out of anything except the idea that, you know, we represent the fan base of Washington, D.C., where we, you know, we, we, we love our local sports teams. We agonize over their inability to get over the hump. And we <laughs> just, like I said, we just really started talking and, you know, here and there shared a few insights and, you know, poked people and said, hey, give this a listen. What do you think? And it it just keeps growing. I mean, we when you listen to our podcast, you, you are listening to D.C. sports guys talking about D.C. sports, um, the intricacies that make our city so unique. Um, but it really wasn't born out of anything else. I mean, talk radio here in D.C. is awesome. There's there's a really good channel and not, a, a not so good channel. But there's there's a lot missing because we're you know the professionals they they cover sports in a very unique way. We're fans, and yeah. yes, we have media credentials and we get close to the team, but we're we're still fans, and we yeah. don't we don't behind media passes or anything else. We you know we a uh, couple uh, just last week in, when Minnesota came into DC, we were on the field and um, LP had a chance to talk to uh, to Terrell Pryor and asked him what's going on, like why can't he catch anything, and he was very honest with him and said they're not throwing me the ball. So it's uh-huh. uh, that. That's how we approach our draft. You know, we're just we're fans. That that's what it amounts to. That's why when they lose this way, we just you know we we want to just go bury our heads somewhere because it's yeah. it's mis- miserable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm jealous, though, man. You got the field, lucky. That's insane. I'm super jealous. Yeah, that's super awesome. Um, hopefully that'll happen to us someday. I mean, I mean, over here at the Hoodat Dish, uh, we get credentials every once in a while. But that's super awesome that you guys were able to go yeah. down onto the field. And Astoral Pryor, and brutally honest, I, I love it. But uh, let's jump into that game from yesterday. Uh, Redskins marched into the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Uh, they were looking to become 500 on the season. And like I said, they found themselves up by 15 after it, the early game was very back and forth. Uh, it was tied 10-10 at one point. Uh, but then it turned into being 31-16. to uh, And then the Saints somehow find a, found a way to come back. Six minutes left in the game. Uh, and they won in overtime, 34 to 31, on a Will Lutz field goal. Um, first of all, Joe, obviously unfortunate that that yeah, the Redskins had to lose, especially that way. But there had to have been a lot of good signs. I mean, I mean, do you take fr- from a game, even though it was a loss that that should have not been a loss at all? Do you take away more positives than negatives from a game like that? No, no way. There's okay. there's no moral reason sports. So I'm I, I'm not a fan of the we did some things well but lost. It's a win or lose. And, you know, we're not the professionals out on the field, but I, I you know, we've been around them. N- nobody's walking around saying, well, you know, we were in it or we gave it our best shot or, you know, golly, we almost had them. No, that doesn't happen. This is th- this team in particular has demonstrated the ability to go out and dominate pretty much anybody in the league. They've done this now consistently throughout the season. And yeah. it, it, the inability to close out games, that's not a that's not a luck thing. I mean, something is actually wrong that we are unable to close out uh, teams in the final three, four, five minutes. And you hit, I mean, you said something, you know, 31-16, and, 
And then if you just look at this, and, and I apologize, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but I, I just want to strike while the iron is hot. The the following, it's 31-16. The Saints get the ball. They go 75 yards in eight plays in three minutes. Then the Skins go three and out. Then the Saints go 50, sorry, uh, how far did they go? They went 87 yards in four plays, and then they went 51 yards in three plays, you know, in, in the overtime session. So they that was a collapse of the defense. I mean, that's not a, you know, and we can talk about where the blame falls, but the, the skins just stopped playing. And that that's what happened yesterday. And the saints, their record indicates they're the better team, but I'm telling you, and this is not just me as a fanboy talking, the Redskins played the better game yesterday until yeah. the final, you know, the final four or five minutes. Yeah. You, you definitely can't blame captain Kirk in this one. Uh, when I was on your guys podcast last week, I talked about how much I love Kirk and not even being a Redskins fan. 22-32, 322 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. He got sacked twice, um, and his QBR was 79.1. His passer rating was 132.6. Those are fantastic numbers. He was tearing it up, making our defense look pedestrian. He, mm-hmm. uh, Kirk Cousins and um, Perrine single-handedly made our defense look like it has the past three seasons. Not, not, not how it's looked during the seven games we've won earlier in the season. It made it look like the defense that Saints fans were used to. Uh, and that hadn't happened this season uh, I mean, even in the first two games, besides that Vikings opening drive, this defense w- w- was looking okay. It still looked better than in the past, but uh, Perrine and yeah, Perrine was just running all over the field. Kirk Cousins was finding open men everywhere. Doxson had uh, four catches for 81 yards. Jamison Crowder was clutch. Seven catches, totally 72 yards. Um, and then Grant and Chris Thompson, who unfortunately suffered a fractured fibula in the game he's out for the season, he had that uh, fantastic touchdown, which which seemed to just – push all the momentum towards Washington's way. Um, very unfortunate for the injury. Thoughts are with Thompson uh, while he goes through this. Thoughts are also with Alex Okafor, who uh, left the game with a uh, torn Achilles, unfortunately for us. So Alex Okafor, one of the Saints' best pass rushers uh, in the game, or, or for us at least dur- during this win streak, uh, is going to be out for the rest of the season. So, uh, Tyler, what are your thoughts about the game? Man, <laughs> man I'll give you guys credit. Uh, I'll give you credit, Joe. Uh, I just I think it's crazy how right now, uh, despite the way it turned out, you guys were beating us in all cylinders, you know. I just, you know, going over the stats and everything, I, I think it's insane that you guys are one of the few teams who actually, you know, show our flaws. I think, you know, for us going forward, I think that's a great, uh, great uh, teaching lesson for us, you know, showing, okay, wh- what do we need to improve on? What do we need to work on? And I will mention this, though, uh, before uh, we get any further, that, um, you know, we did have, uh, not making excuses, of course, but. We did have Kenny Vaccaro out. We did have our best middle linebacker, A.J. Klein out. Marshall Lattimore came out very early, didn't play very much afterwards. So basically, you figure that without those all those players, Alex Four uh, went out. You know, um, It's almost like we had our 2016 defense. So uh, I'll give you that, though. You know, Despite the loss, you guys sure put up uh, a lot of points, a lot of numbers on us. But, um, yeah, I thought it was a really interesting game. I thought this game was one of the more... I think if you look at the Saints season, what what they've needed to like pull, you know, I think every team can like pull knowledge and wisdom from either a win, a loss. I think this Saints team this year can pull a lot from that game and say, hey, just because we won in overtime doesn't mean anything's you know guaranteed anything certain. I think we still need to check our backs a bit and uh, recognize what we need to improve on because for the most of the game, uh, we were losing on the offensive side of the battle. Um, your defensive ends were killing us. Um, 
Uh, defensive side of the battle, you know, we weren't getting to Kirk Cousins enough. But in the end, you know, once win. But again, I just think it it really opened my perspective a bit of what the Saints need to do better because we've got a tough opponent next week. Yeah. Because we're heading to Los Angeles against the Rams. But yeah, it was yeah. a crazy game though. For it sure. was. It was tough, and and obviously Redskins dealt with some injuries uh, in the game as well. So you know, it, this yeah. is the it's the point in the season where so many teams suffer really bad injuries or, or you know, you, you also see sus- some suspensions come down uh, this time of the year as well. So, so teams are losing important guys as they try to gear up for the playoffs or, or to, to at least make a run for the playoffs. And it's just tough on everybody. I want to just say some Saints stats. Drew Brees is 29 to 41, 385 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He also got sacked twice, uh, but he only lost 10 yards. Cousins lost, uh, or uh, at least he was sacked for a total of 22 yards uh, uh, in the game. Uh, so, so I thought that that was that was interesting. A whole twelve yard difference. Yeah. Uh, Ingram had eleven carries for one hundred thirty four yards and a touchdown. Kamara eight carries forty two yards. Uh, but Fleener, Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn Jr., Alvin Kamara all had seventy four yards or more receiving on five receptions or more. That is some balance uh, in a receiving core at the top level. Uh, Fleener made all of his catches uh, in the fourth quarter, especially during that drive uh, when we tried to. Uh, get within eight points, and then when we tied it up, Kamara had that bobbled touchdown catch that ended up tying the game, and then the the great play design by Carmichael and Peyton on that fake end around to the tight end, and then and then pitch to uh, Kamara, it was and, and it was a fantastic block by Josh Hill on D'Angelo Hall um, <laughs> that that ended up getting Kamara the the space he needed to, to go in. But I think one of the most important plays in this game was that intentional grounding call on on Kirk Cousins. Uh, Joe, what did, what did you think about that that call? Because you know, look, looking at it, obviously, also if you, if you just compare it with what the rule book says, it just looked like an incidental miscommunication, and it didn't look like Kirk Cousins was facing enough pressure to consider him, you know, going down for for a loss of yards. Uh, what did you think of that call and how important it was? Because you know they were in field goal range at that point. Well, that was the game, yeah. and and fans know, you know, overtime or not, we there's no confidence in this team when it comes down to two minutes in regulation or an overtime. So at that point, you know, it, this is house money. It's very similar to what we saw a few weeks back, and you know, the reality is, okay, like we have a shot. Let's go. Let's go take it. The call, the 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 play call was horrendous. Mm-hmm. The execution may or may not have been. Uh, correct. I, I don't know. Like I wasn't in the huddle, but for the league office, and I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this, but the league office called uh, Bruce Allen this morning and said, "Oh, we made a mistake." Like I saw this that. is that's such yeah, a full Redskins thing. It happened in Week One. Kirk Cousins' hand is clearly moving forward when you when the ball comes out. The you know, but the Eagles recover and it's it's a touchdown. Like this is such a typical Redskins thing that unless you've really followed this team. Uh, you know, the, to relive this aggravation, uh, there's a, it's, there's nothing like it. So, you know, we're, we're marching down the field. Okay, there's a shot. We just need a few more yards. So it's not a 50-plus yard field goal attempt. And it's this, you know, phantom intentional grounding call. And now, okay, now we're going to overtime. And then to come out and first thing in overtime and go, you know, run, 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 or run, run, and, and, and check down, mm-hmm. game was over. And, right, and it it was so frustrating to, to watch, but you know, you, you pointed out you were you were rattling off some of the Saints stats. There's a couple there's a couple more that really stood out, right? This is we're talking about the Saints being potentially the, the best team in the NFC or, or the top two, three team yeah. in the NFC uh, mm-hmm. versus the Skins, who are who are middling in the in basically towards the bottom of the still playoff hungry teams or playoff potentially bound teams. You know, but first downs, twenty four to twenty seven advantage Saints. 
passing first downs, 15-16. Third down efficiency, both teams go four for 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, fourth down efficiency, both go perfect. Uh, Skins go two for two, and Saints go one for one. Total plays, Skins ran 67, Saints ran 66. I mean, these teams, 11 drives each, seven yards per play for the Skins, eight yards per play for the Saints. These are very, very, very similar, I mean, almost identical numbers. Yeah, mirror images. And, and again, if you if you take away Fleener's catches in the last – what on the last drive of regulation yeah or that fluky if like dj swearinger here locally was running his mouth about how the defense is the second week now in a row where he's saying um you know well we didn't prepare but we prepared but not enough for a two minute or some nonsense to that effect mm-hmm. he had a shot to to pummel uh alvin kamara on that last that bobbling thing mm-hmm. and, and he just he let him yeah he let him go right past him so you know there's a there's gonna be some more finger pointing here in dc it's kind of already started but you know, to, to just to get back to the game itself, Kirk Cousins, this is the knock on Kirk. And this is when people say, like in D.C., there's unfortunately still a whole lot of people running around with RG3 jerseys saying that we made a mistake uh, going with Kirk, which is complete nonsense. But the, rea- but the reality is these are the types of plays that Kirk can never get away from. And they keep they always happen at the worst time. We saw it in Minnesota uh, or sorry, here in D.C. last week at the end of the first half. He throws a horrible pick to Minnesota. We saw it last year when the Giants came to town. You know, win and we're into the playoffs. He can't pull it out. And we, uh, did, I mean, I know this isn't a Skins podcast, but I'm just, oh, just going to be a second. Yeah. Right? You know, we go back to the second week of last season when the Cowboys come to town. He throws a pick in the end zone. We go to Detroit. We let Matt Stafford come all the way down the field in, in under, under a minute to win the game. We go to London. We miss three field goals. We can't win that game. So this is the type of thing that just drives Skins fans completely, completely up the wall and sideways. So, you know, when when we have the ball and a chance to go win it, no one expects us to go win. It's just yeah. that simple. And and to be in a position, it's like it's false hope, and then we get to the point where, okay, you literally need five yards. Like, just, Kirk, you can, I mean, again, I wasn't in the huddle, but you would think that a seasoned franchise-caliber quarterback would snap the ball, look first, and then either take a few steps out of the pocket, ground it, you know, just take a knee, do something, but just to throw it away. And then, of course, because it's the Redskins, we don't get the call, and the, the, the officials don't review it, and the next day we get a, oh, sorry, guys. That really should have been a penalty, which translates to we should have had a shot to win the game in regulation from 50-52. And now it's not a gimme by any means, but it was a chance. That never mm-hmm. happened. So, yeah. you know, you know, I apologize. I'm getting heated here. but this is No, you're this, fine. You're fine. This is what we like. This is what you know? happened this is what happens to the Redskins. And like I said, I mean, there was no defense down the stretch. That, to allow the Saints to score from 75, 90, and whatever, 52 yards out. I mean, in overtime, it was two plays, if I'm not mistaken, right? It was two It was two uh, Ingram runs yep. and then a field goal. So that's not, that's not on Kirk. That one yeah. play may have been on Kirk, but the rest of it wasn't. And the injuries, you know, you, you have a solid point. Every team has injuries for sure, um, but the Skins have a, a – an abundance. I mean, at seemingly every position, even today, uh, Terrell Pryor is now on, he's on IR. He's done for the season. You know, it, it ends, uh, hopefully this ends his horrible stint as a Redskins wide receiver. That That's for another day. But the, the injuries here are, are something I've never seen this before. I've been watching this team my entire life. There's, there's no bodies left. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's no one left. I mean, at some point, maybe we get a call up and hey, come, uh, you know, come play fullback or halfback or, or something like that. Who knows? Who knows? It's it's just been it's been a very 
very frustrating 24 hours because that's another game. You know, the last thing I'll say on this, and I apologize, I know I'm rambling, but no, you're you, good. You're good. If you look at if you look at what the Skins did against the Vikings, the sixth best defense last week when they played them, they put 31 points on the board but couldn't stop them down the stretch. You lose 38-31 at home. This week you get the the Saints, who I think were ranked, were they ranked second overall in defense coming in? It was um, something around there. Second, second or second third, coming. yeah. Right, and they put another 31 points on the board with essentially no offensive weapons, and they st- we lose 34-31. So that's not on the offense. If anything, Jay Gruden deserves consideration to be coach of the year because he's literally taking – random people that were bagging groceries and turning them into uh, I mean, NFL-caliber players. The, the mm-hmm. offense is not the problem here in D.C. Uh, yes, Kirk has his moments where his brain turns off, but frankly, he's still he's still a young quarterback, and he's going to have some of those. But in this town, I mean, he, there's people that are just ready to crucify him and, and want to run out of town, and the problem is, and we talked about this last week, if this was an audition for, the Saint, for, for Kirk to go to New Orleans, I mean, mm-hmm. wouldn't you want him on your team? I yes. mean, let me just... Yeah. yeah. Yes. So yep. there's going to be a handful of teams, New Orleans being one of them, that if they decide, you know, old man Breeze, thank you, but no thank you, that's a perfect spot for Kirk. There's young weapons everywhere. Yeah. And they got a flat out play. So it's it was tough. I mean, he, he those are the types of plays that, you know, they're almost Philip Rivers-esque in, in a way where he's so good, but everyone only remembers the, the bonehead plays that he makes. Yeah. Uh, but they're so far and few between that you really have to follow the team to, to – or you have to follow the team to understand that he makes so many good plays, but those are the ones that are going to get called out, and you can't make that mistake. And ultimately, the league said it wasn't; it was a, it was the league's fault for flagging that play. But everyone's going to remember that it was Kirk that did it, and that that's a shame because that shouldn't be on him. Yeah, and when you look at the National Football League as a whole, it's almost a really uh, bad thing to uh, recognize when you have good players like Kirk Cousins. Or off the top of my head, I have one, Eli Manning, who are, are pretty decent. But uh, all you remember are the bad plays, you know? I mean, ask anybody. I bet you right now. Sorry, New York. Uh, if you have any uh, New York fans that listen to this podcast, you know I mean? All these known for his interceptions, you know? Yeah. And But the next question I've got for you, Joe, is um, if you were in a position to make changes during the game, if, obviously you know now how the game went. If you were in a position to make changes during the game, if you recognize something that you would have wanted to change, what would you have done to make sure that this uh, the outcome of this game was different for Washington Redskins? So uh, that's that's a really good question. I mean, for Thanks. for myself, I think P Ryan Samaje P Ryan was running so well that to not continue, especially in the third and fourth quarter, to not continue to feed him the ball and let him just just grind out three three and a half four four and a half yards mm-hmm. per clip, that was a mistake. Um, when 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 Chris Thompson goes down. The, the, the intermediate passing game started to falter. They should have just stuck with the run. And frankly, on a, on a third and short, the way he was running yesterday, this is, I mean, he's, yes, he's a rookie, but he played really, really well yesterday against a very good uh, against a very good New Orleans defense. I mean, he just did. So, you know, to get him 17 carries for however many yards it was, I, I, let me pull up a box score. I think he went for one, what did he go, for one, 120, one, I think it was 123. Yeah, yeah, so on 23 carries. Yeah, I mean, 117. Right. He, yeah. he, the, the number I know for sure is he was averaging five yards a carry mm-hmm. overall. Yeah. So you, you'd think on a third and two, a third and one, he, he can he can get you that one yard because he's been doing it consistently. So that would be the change to me. Instead of going to, uh, you know, Kirk to the, that phantom weird uh, intentional grounding play. I mean, 
it, the, you need one or two yards. P. Ryan was running excellent. So that that was a mistake. And the, the clock mismanagement continues to be a, a – it's a very Redskins problem. But to challenge a play that really shouldn't have been challenged is a very Redskins thing to do. It cost you a timeout. And you didn't have one down the stretch when you needed to stop the clock, which forces Kirk into that weird throw away. So it, there's a little bit of a snowball effect. But for me, Pirine was – he was running way too well yesterday to not touch the ball more on um, it, it down the stretch. And, uh, you know, and you said something about the Giants fans. As an NFC East fan, I can I can assure you nobody cares about the Giants and that big mouth. <laughs> I can't believe that, they beat the uh, that big dummy, yeah. that big dummy in New York, uh, Eli. Nobody cares about him. He's he's a donkey. He's going to be out of the league pretty soon. But um, <laughs> but as far as you know, the skins yesterday, Doxson had his best game as a as a pro. Vernon Davis continues to defy all laws of aging. He just continues to be a beast. And and P Ryan did what he was asked to do, which is just carry the ball, grind out yards, and he did a really good job at it. So for Jay to get away from that. It was, I mean, again, as a fan watching on TV from home in, in Washington, D.C., I'm sure many of us were yelling at our at our TV screens, yeah. please run the ball. Like, you just need two yards. It, it's, 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 it's incredibly frustrating, but that's the change I would have made. Piran needed, you know, he had 23, he needed 25 or 26. Good yeah. Good For- First of all, I want to apologize. I totally butchered Samaje P. Ryan's name uh, earlier in the, in the in the podcast. Totally butchered really? it. My yeah. bad. I know. I know. That, that's totally that's totally on me. My bad. Um, Got to put some respect on that name. Uh, he had a fantastic day. But there was also a really important uh, third and one stop by the Saints. Manti Teo got into the backfield and, and got a tackle that uh, I think was one of the significant turning points in the game. And yeah, but but to go off of your point earlier about how even this game was, yeah, you look at the team stats and, and down across the board, almost everything is identical. You don't see any real advantages for either team. I mean, Saints had seventy five more passing yards. Uh, Big Will only had four more rushing yards. I mean, I mean, those aren't significant advantages that that you look at. Um, and obviously, the Redskins didn't have a turnover. They they held the ball for for uh, two minutes more than the Saints. Uh, ran one more play. They it, everything just looked looks even on the uh, stat sheet. But uh, you know, if you watch the game, that's only because of the last six minutes the Saints were able to just rack up all these yards. So yeah, just that unfortunate defensive meltdown by the Redskins. Uh, it's just like like, and I'm not even a fan of the Redskins. It's it's haunting to to think about me being in that position of a fan or a player on that team to to just have this massive meltdown and when Swaringer got that interception earlier in the game uh I don't know who he was pointing to at 34 on our team uh but but he was pointing to him and you know you could see that the, some some things were getting chippy in this game it, it was a little bit physical and uh so you know I I just feel uh, for you guys, bad loss. We had no business winning this game. We, we. I, I'll be honest. When it, when I was about halfway through the fourth quarter, I said, we, like, <laughs> if we somehow come back, I don't think we deserve to win this game the way we played. But that 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 final six minutes were, were just incredible. But uh, again, like you said, the entire time, you can't blame Kirk or the offense. Jay Gruden. None of those guys should be put on the chopping block at all. Uh, for how this game went down, going up against two really good defenses in a row and putting up 30-plus points both times is just great. Um, but unfortunately, you know, you know, going 0-2 in, in those games is not good, and, and that is the curse that you guys are trying to defeat. So, yeah, it's just unfortunate. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, Joe, uh, to, to talk about it with us. We, we really enjoy having you on. Uh, anything you guys want to say, anything else you want to say, Tyler, or ask before we go on to uh, some questions, if, if Joe has any, uh, yeah. from, from um, Redskins fans? 
Yeah, I just thought I thought this was a loss too, and um, you know, unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier, I live in New York, and it's not always fun not being able to see the New Orleans Saints play, especially when they're eight and two this year. And um, yeah, you know, because I was following, you know, I was following most of the stats, and it was just crazy, like, man, because you know, I was following the points, the stats, all the time. Like, there is no chance, and you know, it's just I, I couldn't believe it, you know, and. I guess the Saints have something special in them this year, you know, because most times the defense chokes that away, you know, and but it, it, crazy to see. How about you, Joe? Anything you want to take away from that or any, anything you have to say before we move on to our next topic? I mean, not, not much left to say. Uh, you know, the Redskins are a very interesting team. You know, the team is the same team that goes into Seattle and wins when nobody expects them to. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they're most likely, I mean, we're, we're personally, we, we have a little money on the Giants because the two and the two and a million Giants are going to, you know, we just see them beating the Skins. It's a game that the Skins should win on, on Thanksgiving, but they're going to find a way to lose. So this is one of the hardest teams to follow, to, to cheer for, or to report again, to, to report on. And frankly, uh, we, we've talked to so many, you know, uh, you know, po- writers from the Washington Post, from Washington Times, from ESPN, and they all say the same thing. This, is, this team is an anomaly. It's impossible. And it's not just this team. It tends to be uh, – there's a history here. I mean, this team, the Redskins have now either been – Three and seven or four and six after ten games. Just think about that for a second. Over over the in the last in the last seven years, six times the skins have been three and seven or four and six after ten games, yet they've made the playoffs three times in that same stretch, which doesn't make any sense. I mean this team yeah, tends to and it doesn't make sense. But then, you know, the other side of it, you look at the skin schedule to date and who are their losses against. They lost to the first place Eagles, first place Chiefs. First place Eagles again, second place Cowboys, first place Vikings, and first place Saints. So they're not losing to teams on paper that they're su- supposed to, quote, you know, air quotes, beat. But they've been in essentially all of these, but one or two of these games have been close. So it, it's really frustrating because if the games if the games ended with two minutes left on the clock in the fourth quarter, the skin the skins potentially would be sitting here at at seven and two. Yeah. Which is- but that's not how it works. And unfortunately, we, we just can't close out games and we have less and less bodies to try to do it. So, you know, enjoy what you got there in New Orleans, because whether it's, uh, you know, the, the, I don't know what's going on with Breeze. He's, they're not asking him to do a whole lot. But Alvin Kamara is is he is something special. Um, yeah. you know, alert. This guy's going to be a top uh, first round pick every draft next year. It's so unique to see. Uh, a two-headed, a two-headed rush attack the way that they have, and to have, I mean, the stones on Sean Payton to say I don't need Adrian Peterson yeah. is is incredible. Yeah. Uh, but you guys do have something special there, and really the NFC is, you know, it, to say it's wide open is an understatement. Why, why can't it be the Saints? And who's really going to challenge them if they continue to play defense the way they do? So, like um, at this point, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Eagles, have, the Eagles have shown that they're susceptible to yeah. uh, to, to the big to the big pass play on defense. We saw that here in Washington. Uh, we've seen it a couple times, actually. And, we, I mean, Drew Brees may be old, but I I, I wouldn't bet against him. And yeah. the Vikings, you know, the Vikings to, to us, we saw them last week. They're just not that They're just not that good. I mean, they're very balanced and they're very well coached. But I'm sorry, I'm, I'm never putting money on a, on a Case Keenum-led team to do anything <laughs> when yeah, the pressure's yeah. on. I agree. I That's agree. just... Yeah, we're, we're we're trying to bask in this uh, success because it's been a long time coming. It's been at you know four of the past five years, finishing seven to nine, and with Drew Brees' uncertainty, 
his future of the team, not in cement, not in stone. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where we go from here. So, you know, this season, we're kind of putting everything we have. We're putting all our chips in the table. So, uh, l- like you said, enjoy it while, while we can. And that's that's kind of what we're trying to do, exactly what we're doing. Uh, Joe, do you have any questions from the live feed that you want to get off before we go to break? There's actually, yes, I have a question here coming Ooh, in from, uh, from somebody who's a regular on our show or awesome. always listens to the show. He's asking, he's saying, ask the NOLA guys, who are you more afraid to play, Atlanta or Carolina down the stretch? Ooh. Um, that, you can go first and I'll take it. You see, I don't want to say the Falcons because, uh, you know, just that rivalry is so heated. I don't ever want to say I, I'm scared to play the Falcons. But we beat Carolina by 21 in Charlotte. Um, and... The Falcons are, you know, they have a Super Bowl roster for the most part. They have the talent there. Um, even though Carolina's been on a roll, I'm I'm going to go with the 28 and three team uh, here. I'm I'm going to say the Falcons. I, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit worried to play them. I'm I'm going to be completely honest. You know, and I think too, uh, Dayton, you mentioned um, in our last podcast, which uh, either is in our last podcast or on Joe's podcast, that the Saints surprisingly have been better on the road than they yeah. have been. At home, so I think right now, I think they play Carolina, and I, you know, I think to be honest, you know, as you guys put it uh, in your podcast, I think Carolina's a fakes. Uh, what's the record now? Seven and three. I think they're a fake seven and three. I just don't see Cam Newton getting it done down the stretch to really put them uh, in playoff contention. To be honest, it won't surprise me to see Seattle and Detroit in the playoffs. But um, I agree. I go Atlanta just because of I think right now. That, that game in Atlanta looks scary on paper. And, um, yeah, I, I just think, you know, we only have one more game against Carolina. We have two. We haven't even played the Falcons yet, you know. And even though we're winning the division right now, I just think, yeah, Atlanta. Those are yeah. some scary teams. So Yeah, uh, yeah, that's definitely what I go with. Um, Joe, I, I'll ask you this real, real quick before we go to break since it has to do with division. Um, Philadelphia – uh, or New Orleans, Minnesota. Who who do you see as the best team in the NFC right now? If you had, if you had to say a team, oh, that's the Washington Redskins. The best okay. team in the NFC. <laughs> Love it. Team in the league. Love it. Listen, Love here, it. here's what's gonna happen. The Eagles are gonna drop. The Eagles are gonna start dropping games. Okay. The Giants are gonna continue to be poo poo. The Cowboys <laughs> nobody until Zeke gets back. The Skins are gonna put together. They're gonna go on a six game win streak. We're gonna make it into the playoffs. We're gonna run the table. See you in the Super Bowl. Love well, actually, we won't see. Awesome. I love but, it. There you go. That that's a real Washington Redskins fan perspective on what's going to happen over the next six weeks. Yeah, I love it. That that gives us an excuse to have you back on the show. So I actually really really hope that happens. Um, all right, guys, we are going to go on a, a really quick break, uh, which for you guys is like a minute for us. It's three seconds of silence. Uh, when we come back, though, Joe will still be with us, and we'll just really quick talk about where the Redskins uh, and and we'll also discuss where the Saints go from here. So guys, stay tuned. We'll be right back. And what's up, guys? We are back. Did you miss us? I know I did. So um, we are on to our second of two amazing topics tonight. And so right now we're just going to be uh, a quick previewing, looking into where the NFL stands right now, at least for the NFC. So I've got pulled up with me here. I've got the records of the best teams and whatnot. So I'll quickly go off of that for what we're expecting right now, the NFC, uh, heading into our 12th week. So you have right now in first place you know, uh, everything for the National Football Conference. You have the Eagles at 9-1. You have the Vikings in second place at eight and two. The Saints are right behind at eight and two, and the Rams are seven and three. And right now, you have a bunch of teams in uh, contention for 
uh, the wild card. Uh, Joe's Redskins might be there. You also have the Seahawks, the Lions, uh, the Panthers, and uh, quite frankly, maybe the Falcons. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that goes you know, as weeks progress. But we've got a couple questions for you, Joe. So where do you see the Redskins going from here? Do you see any big takeaways they'll take from this? Or how do you think their season's going to change from this game? Well, the team certainly is going to – they're going to have to change because their their best their best consistent rushing uh, – their best consistent receiver in Chris Thompson, who also gave him quite a bit on the um, running the ball and, and in pass protection as well, he's not he's not going to be there anymore. So someone's going to have to step up. Uh, they they brought in a, a kid off of the Philly off the um, Eagles practice squad. I'm blanking on the name all of a sudden, but he he's not going to sniff the field for a while. So this is going to be a Samaje Pirine show for the next couple of weeks, which is fine because again he's demonstrated that he can he can move the rock. He can he's he's learned to protect it. He's, he hasn't fumbled since actually week one. So I'm okay with all of those things. Uh, uh, Byron Marshall is the name of the. Uh, the, the the rookie that they brought in from from the Eagles practice squad, so we'll see how that kind of transpires. But the big question mark, you know, and and to take a, a you know a page out of the Mike Shanahan playbook here, you know, we're evaluating talent the rest of the year. Let's see what we got. Doxson is the big question mark because they the Skins have to find out if he's has the 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 ceiling of a number one receiver or if he's always going to be a at best a, a third option maybe a second third option because receiver has been a position that the skins have been down on for several years they got by with two above average talents even though they were undersized in garçon and and d jackson years past but they have to evaluate who they got on this roster ryan grant is he's a coach favorite but not a fan favorite uh there's there's some there's some hope around jeremy sprinkle and what he can bring as a big physical tight end who yesterday obviously caught a touchdown, his first touchdown in his NFL career. But really, this is all about Dachson. Can he can he run routes, you know, precision routes? Can he and, and Kirk Cousins develop a, a real rapport? So the Skins, look, looking at the schedule, they have very winnable games against the Giants and Cowboys coming up, obviously division games. And if they can pick those two up, regardless of what the, the overall record says, they do mm. have tiebreakers against the Rams and against the Seahawks. Those yeah. are going to factor in in the wild card race. So those are important. It would be nice to have one against the Saints also, but that's okay. So the season is not over. Um, and, and, again, looking down the stretch, the Giants, the Cowboys, the Chargers, um, the Cardinals, the Broncos, the Giants. The, and, I'm not, and I'm not just saying this to be, uh, you know, the ultimate homer. They it's really awesome. win all these games. Yeah. Um, Broncos can't score any points. The Chargers score a ton but give up a ton. The Cardinals, you know, they shouldn't we'll score anybody. Right, and then you get the Giants twice and the Cowboys. So they're, it's not crazy to think that they can go five and one or six and zero oh over the stretch, and then they just need they need some help along the way. But it's yeah. it's certainly doable, although it may not be probable. Mm-hmm. That that's with that schedule though, it makes it, things so much easier. Like like you know, you could say for any team, you could say, oh hey, this team and and the Redskins certainly fit into this category. This team has the roster to pick it up, win some games, and get a shot at the playoffs. And you look at the schedule for the Redskins, that's helping them out so much. So uh, with that being said, if you had to give a percentage uh, for the likeliness of the Saints, or sorry, of of the Redskins making the playoffs, if you had to give a percentage for the Redskins making the playoffs right now, uh, what would you give that percentage? That's tough. I'm going to say... I'm going to say 50, and I hate okay. to push on it, but that's kind of where I fall because they're going to need help. So I think that they can handle their half of the equation, even with all the injuries. P. 
Ryan is an I believe is an above average talent who can run, and, and the offensive line in Washington is going to get healthier week over week. So I'm not too concerned about that. I, I, the the Chris Thompson that loss is a big one, but frankly, if Crowder Davis uh, sprinkle if these guys all pitch in the two, three, four, five catches that that Chris Thompson was having week to week, the offense I, I firmly believe the offense can continue to go uh, 20, 25 plus points per week, which in most cases is going to be enough to win games if the defense can lock it down. But the reason I'm going to stay in that 50 to 60 range as far as probability is because they're going to need Detroit, Atlanta, Carolina, Seattle, um, LA. They're going to need someone, Philly. They're going to need someone to trip up down the stretch. And and it's you know certainly it's the NFL and, and any given Sunday anything can happen, but it's you know it's not just on the skins. They're going to need some help. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, they can win every one of these games, and it shouldn't surprise anybody. They could also lose half of them or four out of six, and that really wouldn't surprise. That's just unfortunately the nature and the state the state of our team. But in the NFL, if you got a quarterback, you got a chance, and I, I think we have a hell of a quarterback in Kirk. So we mm-hmm. always have a chance. Yeah, if you guys go five and one, you'll end the season nine and seven. Uh, and like you said, you have, you you like let's say the one loss is against the Eagles. You have tiebreakers over uh, Dallas, um, uh, Seattle, and LA, who could be fighting for yeah, wild card are, spots as yeah. well. So those are really really significant. And again, that win yesterday against the Saints would have been a tiebreaker over us too, which would have been uh, even better. But you also you know have have a really good shot at a wild card spot. So yeah, I like that fifty percent. I would even I might even go higher because of I, I, I might go higher my too. cupcake schedule. Yeah, I would say like well, I you know only like five or ten percent higher because like you, like you just said, having a good quarterback on your team and the healthier you guys get, it's just going to be so much better for you. Tyler, for the Saints, if you had to give a percentage mm-hmm. for them, uh, let, let's say uh, making the playoffs obviously is going to be a high percentage. Give me a yeah, percentage. maybe like getting the second seed. Yeah, yeah. Let's say getting the second seed or a buy. If you had to give okay. a percentage for that, what would you say? <sighs> this is tough because right now, obviously, um, so how it's working right now because uh, there is no longer a three-way tie, uh, uh, at the playoffs ended today as far as the NFC goes. So right now, the Saints are behind the Vikings and they lost to the Vikings, so that makes it worse. So we need a better record than them. I, I'm not sure if the uh, Eagles, if they're going to fall off a bit or what's going to happen that way. But, um, you know, they're still a very good team. I think if we beat L.A., it's really going to help our chances. But um, I'm going to say if we go 13-3, our chances are maybe like at a second seed, I'm going to say maybe like 70%. If we go 12-4, I'll say 60, 55%. Okay. How about you? I'm going to play devil's advocate real quick just because – so so the percentage I have them at right now is 40% for two main mm-hmm. reasons. I feel oh. like 40% to, to have a buy, to have a, a one or two seed in the NFC. Yeah. And I only say this because Minnesota has a pedestrian uh, division. They're, they're in – I mean, Green Bay, Chicago, Detroit. Yeah, Green Bay got blown out yesterday. Uh, Detroit is Detroit, and Chicago is pretty much a rebuilding team still at this point uh, who just find new ways to lose sorry, every week. Yeah, sorry, Larry, if you're listening right now. <laughs> uh, and But then the Saints, we are going up against the Falcons and the Panthers. Uh, we have to play the Falcons twice, still have to play the Panthers. Um, and we also have to play the Rams uh, next week. And I just feel like we, we, we just have tougher schedule, tougher division than the Vikings. I feel like it's going to be Vikings-Eagles 1-2. and two. Or uh, you know, Eagles one, Vikings two. Uh, when it's all said and done, unless the the, the Saints can pull out some some much needed December victories, mainly both over Atlanta and uh, you know that we play them twice in three weeks, so that's going to be really intense. So I'm I'm playing Devils Advocate right now. I'm going to say forty percent. 
Um, but you know, even even a third seed in the playoffs, you know, we still get a, a home home game to start it out. Yep. I think that 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 would still be nice. Um, so, Joe, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Is yeah, there any other so um, questions, fan questions, you have for us? No, most of the questions and comments have been coming in about skins anguish and uh, gotcha. <laughs> you know why you know a lot of people giving uh, high fives for you know not losing my mind reliving <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I'll tell you as an outsider, you know, I, I have uh, some very close ties to New Orleans. Um, spent some time there after Katrina, actually, almost four years, five years to be exact. So I, I love the city. The Saints were a team I followed very closely. I cheered for them real hard when they won their Super Bowl. I'm looking at this schedule, and I think you're both. I think you're 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 cautiously. Optimistic. It's almost edging because this team is playing really well, and the one thing the Saints haven't had in a while that they have now is a defense. Yeah. You know, Drew's always been able to sling it. Um, there's been different times when, when they could run the ball, uh, the other times when they really couldn't run the ball. Ingram's been on the, that roster now, it feels like, for a decade, but he's finally trusted to, to consistently carry the rock. You know, but looking at this, I mean, I, I'll tell you, when you, when you look at the, the games coming up, the Rams, again, the, the Skins went in, into L.A. and beat the Rams mm-hmm. by controlling the clock, which the Saints can do because they have a running game. Panthers... Mm-hmm. You know, I know they're a division foe, but they're just not that good. I mean, they're just yeah. they're just really not. There you go. Yep. I feel like Cam Newton is a, is an is a very overrated uh, quarterback in my I opinion. I agree, hundred percent. So, so you know, you know, because we get this all the time. Would you rather have Cam or would you rather have Kirk or would you whatever? No, I want Kirk every every single time. Um, the Falcons. Look, we we know a thing or two about the Falcons' offense last year because it was our offense from the year before. It was Kyle Shanahan's office offense. Yep. And the um, you know the the reality is it can be stopped if you take away the wide receiver and and I don't mean to get like super technical but that that's why the skins kept faltering and that's a big part of why the the Falcons couldn't move the ball yesterday or uh, yesterday uh, in the Super Bowl last year once the the Patriots adjusted so yes the Falcons they got some talent there too but they can't run the ball so they're gonna have to throw it and again the Saints are playing good defense the Jets ironically I think is I think that's the trap game. And I think that's the game that that really the Jets they they keep surprising me. I mean, it, I don't know who's playing quarterback for them this week, but it doesn't matter because they're they're taking shots and they're playing with house money. That's the game that I see the Saints potentially losing. And then you're at Falcons and at Bucks, and who cares about the Bucks? They're throwaway right. too. So, so <laughs> yeah. this, I think you, there's an inside track here to to a buy. Um, I don't know if you'll catch Philly, but the this is a good team, and and with with two healthy running backs. As you know, and I'm speaking from a position of envy with a team with zero healthy running backs, um, or, or you know, basically a, a, a serviceable rookie, and that's it. I mean, you're going to be in every one of these games, and you look at these Saints games. How many games have they won just grinding out yards? And it, yeah. it's been it's been impressive to watch because they don't need Drew, but I would imagine if he's called upon, he'll show up. I mean, he's still got weapons. I mean, Willie Sneed hasn't been heard from uh, all season, yeah. but eventually he's going to get back on track, right? There's no way he's going to be silent the entire season. So uh, I think this is a good team, and it's going to surprise a lot of people who aren't paying attention right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, we really hope that, that that's really how things turn out. Uh, like I said, I'm definitely being, like, cautiously also optimistic. Uh, it's, yep. it's just, a, you know, I, I don't want to jinx anything because, you know, I, I know this – this is my first rodeo, you know, it's the, it's the Saints, you, you never know what's going to happen. But uh thanks for being such yep. a great sport, Joe. Uh you were you were fantastic. Uh really liked having That's you on the me. show. Um go ahead and plug away at, at some of your social media stuff before we sign off. 
Sure, defeatingthecurse.com if you want to read what our team of writers puts together. We cover covering the Wizards, Capitals, Nationals, uh, and of course the our beloved Washington Redskins. But we also have dabbled into some UEFA soccer and some, I don't know, we're all over the place. We cover everything, including arena football, Valor, which personally I thought was awesome over the summer, but nobody, nobody really cares about arena mm-hmm. football. Um, so defeatingthecurse.com, you can find all the podcasts there. You can find everything that our writers put together. On um, on Facebook, uh, look for Defeat the Curse. You can't miss us. Our logo is very prominent. On Twitter, Defeat the Curse. On Instagram, and then uh, the boys, LP, FP, myself, and Steve. You, you can't miss us. Our, our handles are all there as well. But if you're going to follow one thing, I'd follow the uh, the Twitter the, the Twitter profile. That's where we're most active. That's where you, and you'll find everything else you want there. But DefeatingTheCurse.com and and a shout out to you boys. You guys do a phenomenal job. Uh, yeah. Thank you for thank you for coming on last week on our yeah, show. No um, that that show was met very very well by uh, by our listeners and fans, and uh, I'm happy to return the favor today. Thank you for having me. Appreciate Thank it, man. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we we really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Enjoy the kite words. If you don't mind staying on the line real quick, Tyler's going to sign off for us. Uh, but but to your point about arena football, I went to a uh, Portland Steel arena football game. Those are so much fun. I don't know why more people don't like arena football. It is, is they're it's a ton great. of fun. I mean, in the middle of summer, it's a, it's 900 degrees outside. You just grab a you know. Grab a buddy, grab a beer, and yep. go sit and watch, you know, air quotes football. Yeah. Uh, we enjoyed it. I mean, it was cheap and it was it was a blast, and um, it's definitely different. But right, why not? A lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. All right, Tyler, take us away, man. <laughs> All right, thanks, Dan. Uh, as always, we just want to thank everybody for tuning in, supporting us, listening to us. We we can't thank you enough. Obviously, the support has been incredible. So thank you for that. A uh, quick plug too before I get to our social media. I just made a um. Obviously, uh, a lot of Saints fans know by now that um, that the Saints have been posing for a lot of different photos if they make plays and stuff. And I've been keeping track of those photos. So uh, check it out on Twitter. I made a collage that serves as a background wallpaper for your iPhone. So, woo, woo. Okay. So uh, social media time. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter. You can follow Dayton Brown on the other side of the mic. You can follow him at Dan underscore Brown underscore you can follow myself at Raymond Tyler M. Make sure to check out that uh, iPhone wallpaper too. You can follow our official Who That Dish podcast account at the WDD Podcast. Make sure to check out Who That Dish on Facebook. Just search Who That Dish. It's pretty simple. Uh, maybe we will someday have a the Who That Dish podcast Facebook page. Maybe sure. let us know. Uh, let us know. Yeah, if you want us to do that on Twitter. Um, let's see here. Make sure to check us out on Blog Talk Radio. And iTunes, just search uh, the Who That Dish podcast or something on the lines of that. I'm sure you'll find us. But other than that, thanks again for always being amazing. We we can't thank it, uh, you guys enough for the support you've been giving us. So that's why we love what we do. So Yeah, these claps right now are for Joe <laughs> for coming on the show and, and being great. Be sure to tune yeah. in on Wednesday when we have Mark George on the show. Great guy. Uh, follow him on Twitter, M underscore George5. Uh, he, he's going after some Falcons fans today. Uh, it's very entertaining. We'll have <laughs> him on savage. Wednesday. He, he is, is savage. savage. Uh, and we'll have him help us break down the Saints game against the Rams, which is next Sunday, which is going to be a uh, huge and fantastic game. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to go to whodaddish.com as well. We read all those fantastic articles. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon.